So Friday, uh, woke up, you know, and uh, I, I had heard about what was going on already. It has been months. This wasn't something that was overnight and it just happened like, boom. And maybe some of you saw it that way because you didn't hear about it. But since I have um, a weird thing about listening to talk radio all the time, uh, I know that's kind of weird for some of you. It's just hear people talking about stuff while you're in traffic. I don't know. It's kind of relaxing. So I had been hearing about this for months and months to come, and they had been saying. And so for me, <clears throat> to be honest with you, it wasn't a big surprise. Um, it wasn't even a surprise that it got, it got passed. Like, that wasn't a surprise for me at all. Um, what's important that we as a church understand is the impact that it has across the globe, across the world. And what, how are we going to respond now? Amen? Like, what are we going to do now? Okay, so... I've seen responses already <laughs> from Christians, and um, man, they're not making us proud, to be honest with you. It's just very uh, uh, defensive, um, like it's uh, an, an attack on, you know, Jesus is not worried. Amen. How many of you know, know that? God is not scared. He's not worried. He doesn't have butterflies in his stomach. If he has a stomach, he doesn't have butterflies in it. He's not scared. He's not worried. He's not, he is not tripping, as we say, right? Um, but how will, how will the church respond? Like, how do we respond? Maybe you know someone that lives that lifestyle. You know someone that has. You know someone that does. You have a family member, whatever. How, how do you approach that now? Because now it's, it's not just... Uh, like a, now it's a thing. It's 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 become bigger now, because of what the Supreme Court did. So, I, I want to give you sort of. Uh, this is not even what I'm preaching about. This is just kind of what I'm talking to you about today. Um, I kind of want to give you sort of like a, uh, like just something to stand on. I guess you can say. Um, what we should never do is try to point someone else's sin out. Um, because we're all messing up all the time. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean we agree necessarily with sin, but does it mean that we judge and condemn and send people to hell because of a particular sin? What we can do is love on people and direct them towards Jesus. Now, every sinner, brothers and sisters, every sinner needs Jesus. It doesn't matter what the sin is. They need love. They need G real love and real Jesus Christ. They need that. If we make the focus about the thing, the sin only, then w all we will do is get into an argument. And people, the only people that win arguments are the people that argue in court because someone judges the argument. But arguments, nobody ever wins. Nobody wins arguments. You've ever been in an argument with the wife? Well, actually, the wife always wins, but I'm just trying to give an example. Nobody ever wins. So it's not, it's, I don't recommend and I don't advise anyone to get into arguments. You know, Facebook is just like, whew. It's like, they should call it argument book because it's just arguments and arguments. That's all you see on, on Facebook. And so 
we believe what we believe. You guys know what, what, what the truth is. I don't have to say it. Read Romans 1, read Ephesians chapter 4. You know what the truth is. It does, I'm, I'm not here to preach to you about what you should believe. I'm just saying love on people. Love them. That's what they need. They need the real love of Jesus. Because at the end of the day, every person that doesn't have Christ lays their, their head on their pillow at night and thinks, what is this life about? And you have the answer. Amen? That's all I'm saying is you have the answer. And, and you can approach this situation with that aspect. Um, you know, like, it, it's, it's a big impact. It's across the world. Like, people are celebrating it. And the reason they are is because this country is a big influence to the whole globe. This is a country... It's both a blessing, and, and but that influence can also come with a lot of responsibility. So it, it's, it's a blessing to live in this country, but that, that power we have in this country has, has to come with a lot of responsibility. Amen? So what are we going to do as a church as far as Grace and Love Church goes? We're going to pray. We're going we're gonna to seek to love on those that need help. We're going we're gonna to put this nation in our prayers. You know, I know some of you pray constantly. You pray daily. You're in your car praying. Pray for this nation. Pray for the cities of this nation. Pray for the president. Pray for the government. Pray for the people that are, that are ruling over us because God has placed them there. You can read it in Romans. God, God put it in Romans. He said that the authorities of earth have been placed there by God. Nothing that's happening in the world is because God doesn't know about it. He knows everything that's going on. Amen? So I just want to leave you with that. Um, because I don't want to ignore the obvious. Like, um, I know uh, it's important for us to, to discuss that. So approach it with the grace that you know. Approach every sinner. doesn't matter what the sin is. And first of all, look, the church, like, we got to be better examples. We can't expect people to just, like, follow Jesus all the way, and we're kind of like, eh, you know, not, not all the way there. So we got to check our hearts first, and then we can, we can address things. Amen. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I, I want to keep talking to you. Um, if you weren't here last week, uh, I started uh, sort of a, a talk that I want to continue about this word, Jireh, which is the, the Lord will provide. You, you get, you've guys heard that word, right? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. It sort of becomes like this kind of cliche thing that we say as Christians, but we went into it deep to where that word comes from, and I sort of want to recap a little and then continue from, from where God has, you know, has placed this, you know, this, this word in, in my heart. So let's pray before we, we start. Um, I just want to, you know, ask the Lord to just speak today to us. Father, thank you for your word in advance. I know that your word is, is powerful, it's beautiful, and, and it's here to just uh, instruct us. It's here to, to wash over us, to, to renew our mind, God, and we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Bless your word, God, and bless what's about to happen. I ask that you would speak through me, Lord. I'm your vessel, God. Just use me, Lord, and open the hearts and the minds, Lord, and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 22. <coughs> Genesis chapter 22. And I'm going to read a few verses there. Um, I'm going to skip a little. 
let's see, uh, 22, let's start at 7. When you have it, can you say amen, please? All right. It says, but Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Let's keep reading. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. And as it is to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen. So we looked at this last week and we were trying to, um, I, what I want to do is, is I kind of want to, I want to tell you like, this is from my heart to, to yours. And, and, and of course, God has placed this word in, in my life. And, and, and I think that all of us need to kind of understand, and some of us are already there, uh, but we all need to be sort of on the same page where we understand that the Lord will provide is not just a statement that we say or a phrase that we say, but it is a reality. Amen. The Lord will provide. The Lord has provided for his children. Now, Abraham understood this in a different way. He had to have this experience for us to learn this lesson. Amen. It doesn't mean that we're going to go through what Abraham is going through. It was a lesson for him so that we can grab from that lesson. Amen. God's not going to ask you to sacrifice your child. Amen. It was a lesson he wanted to show Abraham to show us. It was an example. You know, we can't build like a whole theology from it. It's just a, a lesson that we need to learn. Amen. So the lesson that Abraham learned was and, and that we could learn from was that Abraham could not have children. And for a long time, until the age of 100 years old, his wife became pregnant. And after that, he has his son. Uh, his wife was 90 years old. He has his son, Isaac. And it is the promised child that God had declared to Abraham and had promised him that he would give him a child so that he could build a nation around this child or from this child. Amen. So God provides Isaac. He gives him the promise. And then God says, give me back the promise because I want to see your faith in this. 
Now, this is what it means that the Lord will provide. What the Lord is trying to say to us that the Lord, you know, that Jireh, that Lord will provide, is that everything that God gives us, including our promises, just everything that we have in our possession belongs to God. Amen? And so, therefore, it is easy for us to release them because ultimately is God giving it to us. Amen? Are you guys with me so far? This is what we talked about last week. So I, I really hope that you listen to the podcast so that you can, we can all just kind of be on the same page. So, so God provides for Abraham this son named Isaac. It belongs to God, but he gives it to Abraham. And, Abra- and then a- they ask Abraham, I want you to, to, to give him as a sacrifice, as a burnt offering. Now, on the way to the mountain, Abraham and, and, and his his faith, his, his passion, his, the way Abraham was, he, he says, you know, his son asked him, Father, where is the animal? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And, and his father, Abraham, says, you know, the Lord will provide. Amen. And that's the kind of attitude that we should all have in our walk. Amen. Sometimes we get into trouble. Amen. Am I the only one or no? We get into trouble sometimes and we say these words as soon as we get into trouble and we clear our heads a little bit. We say, hey, the Lord will provide. We're used to saying that. But what what God wants us to understand is that 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 is not just a phrase. It is a act of faith. It is a heart issue that that we would say the Lord will provide because we believe that he will provide, that he will not fail us, that he will provide. And, and, and even deeper, which I'm going to, the Lord has provided. The Lord has provided. But in, in situations in life, sometimes we think, man, like where, what's going to happen now? In that moment, in that Abraham and Isaac moment, what are we going to say? Are we going to say just a phrase or are we going to believe it in our heart and say, no, the Lord will provide. Why? Because he is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Amen. He will provide. And so they ask Abraham to release. Can you imagine that? They just gave him the son. They gave him the promised son. And they're asking him to release this. Why? Because God wants us to understand that the things that we have belong to him. They belong to him anyway. What I'm I'm getting to here is, is, is is a conversation about the things that God gives us. That would be jobs, that would be family relationships, our finances, our bodies, our health. This is the conversation that I want to have with you today. Because it's important that we look at the things that God has given us as Jehovah Jireh. They, they, They belong to him, but he has allowed for us to steward them and manage them. Amen? So he will continue to provide. He will continue to provide and he'll see how you manage, how you steward, and he'll give you more and more and more. Amen. So. So Abraham goes to the top. I'm trying to get to the end of this. And and uh, he puts his son. He, he releases his son. He says, this belongs to you, God. And right when he's about to sacrifice him, uh, the angel stops him and God provides a ram for this. Now, he provides a ram, but Abraham had declared a lamb. He said, God will provide a lamb. Amen. 
for himself, a lamb, but God provides a ram. Now, I don't know if you know that those are different. A lamb and a ram are different. Now, sometimes we want God to provide what we want him to provide. But God will provide what you need. In that moment, he will provide exactly what you need. Maybe Abraham didn't get the lamb, but man, he got a ram. And maybe you, you were hoping for a lamb, and you got yourself a ram. It doesn't have to be bad. It's not negative. It's just you got yourself a little ram. So what? It has a couple horns, right? But it's beautiful because God provided it. Whatever that situation may be. You may be thinking, man, I wish I lived in a bigger apartment. I want a big mansion, right? But God has provided what you have in your possession right now. And all we got to be is grateful. So now, now what we did last week is we started talking about how does this, how does this relate to us? How does this, how do, what does this teach us? That, that everything that God has given us, including husband, wife, uh, 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 kids, job, career, everything God has provided for us. Amen? God has provided for us. Now, sometimes we've made mistakes. Other people have made mistakes. We can't control the mistakes of other people. We can't control other people's free will. We can't control things necessarily. But God has provided for us regardless. Even in our bad situation, God makes it good. Amen? So this is what he did with Abraham. And then Abraham declares the name of the place the Lord will provide, which is Jireh, Jehovah Jireh. That's what he names the place after that. So what was Abraham thinking? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. And as we discuss this, what we're what we're looking at here is how, how is our heart with the things that God has provided for us? Hebrews 11 and verse 17. That, was, that sounded like a question, but verse 17. When you have it, please say amen. We're going to read from 17 to 19. So it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, meaning Isaac, offered up, uh, Abraham offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was, it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding, Abraham concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received, uh, received him in a figurative sense. Maybe you didn't get that, but basically, Abraham, as he was tested with the promised son Isaac, Abraham's faith was so much that he believed that Isaac would resurrect from the dead. Even if he were to, to offer him to God, Abraham believed that Isaac would resurrect from the dead. That is the type of faith that Abraham had. That is the faith that God has placed in your heart as well. That no matter what the situation, you believe that God will make it good because he is good. And Abraham said, man, he will rise again. 
Even if I offer Isaac, he will rise. Where did he hear this from? Resurrection was unknown to men. But in his faith, in his relationship with God, he was one of the first men to think in his heart, resurrection is possible. That's the kind of faith that God wants us to have, that we may look at our situation. It may be negative, maybe whatever it is, but good things can happen. God can bring life to those situations. God can bring life to families, to relationships, to your job, to your finances. He can bring life to those things. Have the faith like Abraham. He was going to go offer Isaac his only son. The one that was so called the seed of the promise. And he said, if I do it, God will raise him up. Why? Because he had learned prior. He had learned in his heart. He had learned in his heart, Jehovah Jireh. Some of us, I was telling someone yesterday. Someone get me water, please. Thank you, Waldo. <clears throat> um, I was talking to someone yesterday, and uh, I was telling him that some of us are still learning Jehovah Jireh. We're still learning the Lord will provide. We're in that season. Are you with me? We're in that season of learning the Lord will provide. So then a pastor gets up at his pulpit, right? And he'll ask everyone, hey, y'all need to start tithing and offering. But what he doesn't realize is that some people are still learning the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh. And instead of demanding, he needs to teach That the Lord will provide. Are you with me? Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. (laughs) Um, The Lord provided. (laughs) The Lord will provide. So some of us are still in that season of learning. The Lord will provide. Now, there's more. There's more. There's more than just living paycheck to paycheck and saying the Lord will provide. There's more than that. Now, I don't want you to think that that's it. That's the cap. That's the limit. There's more. But if you're in that season of the Lord will provide, I'm learning this right now. I'm learning. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm learning. I'm learning that everything that God has given me, that he has given me. And then I, I need to take care of everything that he has given me. Amen? I'm learning that. And that might be a lesson that we're always learning, right? But then we grow from that. We grow and we begin to do like Abraham did and release. Release our things. Release our, then we release our offerings and our tithings. We begin to release and we give and we give from grace rather than from command. We give from gyro rather than give me. Praise the Lord. Look. 
Some people are learning the Lord will provide. And that's okay. You're in that season of, I'm learning right now that everything that comes into my pocket, my finances, because we don't, we don't grow sheep anymore, at least not that I know of from you guys, or vegetables. Maybe you have a couple vegetables in, in your garden, but it's not enough to feed the family, I'm pretty sure. And if it is, it's just a, everyone's eating tomatoes. But, but what God gives us is, is in, our, in our culture today, he gives us jobs, and those jobs pay us money. That's what we deal with today. Amen? So what God does is he provides for us. And, and I gotta, I, what I was saying last week is I got to look at my bank account. I got to look at my check and my checkbook and say, wow, the Lord has provided. Now when I look at my money, I, I, I think differently about it because it came from God. Amen? And I know that some of us, let's just be real, some of us have been hurt in churches in regards to money. Amen. We have. And so we think because somebody mistreated it, we think it's not possible for it to be treated well. But it is possible. It's not a myth. It is possible by the Holy Spirit to treat and steward our finances well. Amen? All right. So check this out. Matthew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going to take a turn. Matthew 21. It, give me an amen before I give you the verses. When you have Matthew 21. Um, some of us are still in the season of the Lord will provide. Amen. But what has happened to us, for some of us, is that this, what I'm about to read. And so because of this, we, uh, we've ignored it or we've suppressed negative thinking, but our behavior has, has changed in this regard. So let's read verse 12. And verse 13, then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money, of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be a called, should be called a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Now, you guys, I'm sure, if you grew up in church, you've heard this many times. But the thing about this is that I want you to see what, what we as human beings, because we're a new church. Uh, October will be four years. We're a toddler. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. So we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to be held accountable to each other about this regard because this this what's happening here can happen to us because it, it happens in churches amen so jesus walks into the temple the temple is for prayer and to sacrifice amen so what what people did in their in their uh 
logic and their like thinking smartness that's a word they said hey uh you know what why don't we make it easy on people let's let's have doves here and lambs and let's sell it to them so that when they come they don't have to bring an offering from home they can come here buy their offering bada bing bada boom right you get your offering 20 bucks for a lamb or a dove whatever and you come and you sacrifice what happened there though i don't know if you see the picture here but what happened there is that it no longer became an issue of the heart but an issue of the brain it became good mathematics that's what it became it became good business come on somebody so you come i buy my lamb here's 20 bucks my lamb that's a good one, I guess. Uh, sin, it should work, right? I mean, it's a lamb. Put it here, sacrifice it. Sins are gone. Amen. Let's go back home. Praise the Lord. It no longer became something from the heart. When Jesus came in there, that's why he was so zealous. That's why he was so uh, passionate. You know, when you watch the movie, he's like, his, he's angry, right? His face changes. He gets like you know, buff and stuff, I don't know. But he was just passionate and zealous. He wasn't the Hulk at that moment, amen? He was just passionate. And he said, and the reason why he was so passionate is because they were robbing, I need you to hear me on this. They were robbing people from the blessing of giving. That's what I want you guys to get. They were robbing people from, because it's a blessing to give. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Brothers and sisters, please hear me. Please hear me. I'm not saying that we're not going to give. I'm saying we're going to give because it's from grace that we give. But they were taking away the blessing of giving. This angers me. I'm passionate. This is not good. Now, for me, if I go to the temple, it's not a blessing to give anymore. It's something that just I do. So we lost it. Now, this can't happen here. If it does, stone me, kick me out. This can't happen here. Don't let any man rob you from the blessing of giving. So, of course, Jesus started to... You know what the miracle really here is? Is that no one hurt Jesus? Because he, he is messing with their money. He started turning over tables. He started releasing the doves. Get, doves leave. Uh, the lambs. He started just releasing everything. Why? Because he was hurt. It hurt him to see that somebody would walk in and it was no longer giving from the heart. It was no longer cheerfully giving it was homework they had lost jehovah jireh they had lost they had lost the concept of jireh period had lost it and we can't lose that here we need to understand that we give oh because we've been blessed we've been blessed so much Watch, let's read it in John really quick just to show you guys. John chapter 2. Gospel of John chapter 2. 
15. Amen? When he had made a whip of cords, uh-oh, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Um, man, he, uh, he, he drove out sheep. They had oxen. Jeez. They had big animals there. The bigger the animal, uh, uh, the bigger the sacrifice. The bigger the, the sin, I guess. The, I need an oxen. I, a, a lamb won't do it today. I need, a, I need an oxen. And Jesus started overturning tables, pouring their money out, telling them to release the doves. In the first one we read, he says, man, my father's, uh, my father's house is a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. In this one, he says, you've turned it into a house of merchandise. But what were they merchandising? The offering. That's what became a product. So I want to, I want to, uh, errat- oh, close your eyes, please. Close your eyes, everyone. Close your eyes. Father, uh, we want to give, Lord. All of us, we, we do want to give. But we want to give from Jehovah Jireh, from our heart, Lord, from grace. That's how, we, how we're going to give. And, and your house, your house is a house of prayer, God. And, and, and it is yours, Lord. And we thank you, God. And we eradicate this thinking, God. And if, and if anyone has been hurt, Lord, by men and, and their, their doctrines, Lord, I, I break that yoke in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your heart, please. Please follow my lead, if, if, you, if you would. I break the yoke. I break the heavy burden, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. Of, of being hurt, Lord, by ministries and men, God, that have taken advantage, Lord. I break it in Jesus' name, Lord, that this would become a heart-to-heart, from your heart to, to ours, God. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Oh. God wants us to, to get rid of, to get rid of the things that have hurt us. Amen. He wants us to get rid of those things. So we've learned so far that, that the Lord will provide for us. And that what he gives us is, is what he gave us. Is, it belongs to him, but he gives it to us. And, and at the same time, what he doesn't want anyone to take away from you is the, uh, the ability and the privilege is, is the word, the privilege to give freely. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Amen? All right. Let me read one more. Genesis chapter 4. I'm, this will be the last one, I promise. Um, and then we'll start here next time. <laughs> Genesis chapter 4. Um, I could give you all of this in one day, but what I'm trying to do is 
trying to slow down. I got some good advice from another preacher, another pastor. And, and I don't have to preach one message uh, on Sunday. I can break it up. And that's hard for me sometimes because I just want to get everything. So uh, Genesis chapter 4, uh, verse 2 through 5 says, Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain, well, he was very angry and his countenance fell. All right. So we'll start here next week. But what I want to say is that what we're going to do now from here on out is we're going to talk about principles. Amen. Say principles. Principles. Not the principles that run a school. Principles with the E. Principles. Things that God created first. He, he might have done it through a man like he did here with Abel. It says that he gave the firstborn of his flock. The difference between Cain and Abel and their offering is that Cain gave from the fruit of the ground and Abel gave the firstborn. Amen? So the first thing. So that principle, it, you could call it first fruits. That's that first principle that God created. So we'll talk about first fruits next week and then we'll go from from that to, to Abraham, what he did when he saw Melchizedek, then we'll go to Malachi. We're going we're gonna to go through everything so that we can all learn together, even the, the stuff that's controversial, all of that. So we'll start on principles next Sunday. So let's pray. Let's pray for today. I want to pray for a couple things today. I want to pray for our country, for what's going on in our country. I want to pray for us to to be founded on this principle, this foundation of Jehovah Jireh, for us to understand it, for us to live it. And some of you are still learning, man, everything that I have belongs to God. Wow. So I want that. If that's you, I, I want you to stay with that in your heart. And I want you to meditate on that throughout the week. Meditate on, man, everything that I have, God provided for me. Meditate. Really think about it. And that not just means uh, finances, but family. It means uh, your ministry. It means everything that God has provided, your dreams, your promises. Everything that God has provided for you is in your possession now. Now, once you meditate on that, you can begin to say, well, how do I give? How do I release like Abraham did? And don't let anybody ever stop you from from giving freely uh, that's why jesus was was so passionate why don't you get on your feet we're gonna pray yes god